0: Welcome to Frock Flicks, the historical costume movie and TV podcast and blog. I'm your host, Tristan L. Bass, and I'm here with our original Broadway recording cast. Sarah Lorraine. Kendra Van Cleave. And before we dive into today's uh, podcast subject, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge what's been going on in America for the past uh, two weeks or so. Um, we've had protests in over uh, 100 American cities and also uh, a few um, international cities, London, Paris, Berlin, et cetera, um, about yet another killing of an unarmed black man. And this is unfortunately not the first time this has happened, and I wish I knew that it would be the last. Um, these protests are fully justified and fully warranted because of the the horrific treatment uh, that the black community has had at, at the hands of the police, at the hands of uh, white people for, well, at least 400 years in the United States. Um, and as a podcast and blog dedicated to history, um, we are, we hope that, you know, all of you are interested in the historical Um, precedents and and reasons behind all of this. We can't begin to understand as three white women what uh, our black audience is going through right now or um, what your perspective is on this, but we can try to amplify black voices and we can try to listen. We won't get it right all the time. Uh, We're learning, we're always learning. Um, Hopefully we're always learning we try um, And we're trying to listen. So if you have comments uh, Suggestions questions, please reach out to us. The best way to reach out to us is through email through the blog Um, There's a contact us link there. Um, We do sometimes miss comments on social media um, Because uh, you know, this is not our main job. So we have other things that we're working at the same time, but um, if you want to have a discussion with us and want to suggest something, please do email us. Uh, we do listen, and we we want to try to do better. We you, it's an ongoing process. So, the other thing is that if we see things that happen, um, such as on our uh, social media, whether it's comments or people in our communities, because the historical costuming community and the historical reenactor community is has unfortunately just as many racists as the wider community at large we will try to call that out as well so again we are here and we're listening and uh we're trying to do whatever we can and if you have uh, suggestions or inputs we welcome that So today we are um, in, continuing in our series of recapping The Great on Hulu, uh, the 2020 series that is a comedic take on the life of Catherine the Great. And um, this is episodes three and four. Last podcast, we recapped episodes one and two. And we have a blog post that has screen caps of the costumes and that um, we're gonna try to talk about. And um, so you can refer to things that we might say on the blog. So uh, let's uh, start off with episode three, shall we? I don't know if I can separate them in my
1: mind, but sure.
0: Yeah, that's true. They, they, the action kind of just flows from one to the other. So if we go from one to the other, that's cool too. So who wants to start with something? We found the back lacing. Granted, on the extras,
1: and so I'll deal, but we did finally find the inappropriate back lacing.
0: It's going to be on some extras. Yeah.
1: We'll live with it.
0: And I will note that uh, a lot of the, because I was doing the screen caps, and a lot of the costumes were, um, at least on Catherine, on, on Elle Fanning, were recycled. Or She didn't wear a lot of new stuff from from the past two episodes, so I was mostly looking at the costumes on the other characters.
2: Sarah? So, uh, the back lacing didn't exist in um, this episode. It was the back buttoning. <laughs> Where I was like, who buttons? Like, who in the, the 18th century and the nobody? But it was cute because actually the visual gag was when her new lover, whose name I'm completely blanking on, uh, is trying to get her gown off. It's the fumbling with the bra kind of trope and i thought that was cute but also nobody buttons a dress in the 18th century in the back and they were very victorian buttons they were wedding dress buttons come yeah. on they were the button and loop it was button and loop and i and i saw this as i'm watching it and i'm like oh it's funny okay so the top part is hook and eye or something cuz i didn't really get a good visual on it initially and i'm like oh it's cute cuz it's like he's struggling with her bra strap oh ha, ha. and then they kind of pan back and it's a whole thing about like the the serving girl has to come in and unbutton her and you see this very up close bridal button and loop kind of a thing and I'm like nobody did that in the 18th century fuck nobody did that great sight gag though very good sight gag never done in the 18th century so
1: the one thing well two things one is that um that that dress was a court-style dress and so should close in back. So that part is right. The wedding dress buttons were not. Um, what annoyed me, I got the gag and I thought it was cute, except that then the maid comes in, undoes half the buttons and says, I think he can take it from here. And I'm like, well, if he can handle half the buttons, why couldn't he handle all of them? I'm sorry. I'm a pragmatist. I think these things through.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, that was, well, that added to the humor, I guess. I don't know. Well, okay, so I got that. Uh, so let's just dive into that dress because that was kind of the big formal... Um, uh, Catherine and Peter, or Peter's giving a big speech and um, they're wearing this kind of wannabe formal stuff uh, to present the speech. And so she's got this uh, you know, kind of pale mint green thing that's, yeah, attempting... Okay, so... In the first, for the wedding banquet, she wore a much nicer, in my opinion, um, riff on the the court gown. This one, it something everything about it kind of had a 19th century, almost 1830s, tinge to me. The sheer oversleeves, the 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 seaming on the on the front of the bodice, and then the buttons in the back, and it was just like not quite it just kind of it really just read wrong it, it was like it, and if anything it looked like a victorian interpretation of an 18th century court gown i thought it looked like a
1: 1930s interpretation it felt that yeah. overly delicate yes agreed
0: uh it did have an interesting drape on it oh, well one the last thing about that one and then it was paired with a very modern haute couture uh, cape which was just it was cute but it was silly at the same time it's like um okay let's just gather up a big swath of taffeta and throw it in the back which from behind the long shots looked great up front i'm like yeah okay billy porter should be wearing that (laughs) which would be fabulous but you know it doesn't fit in my little historical show i wanted to
1: comment on auntie's dress that she wears in the first at least 10, 15 minutes. So first of all, Auntie and her, her very public masturbation um,
2: was hilarious. It opens opens right up with Auntie diddling herself in front of Peter the Great statue that's going to be unveiled later on in the episode. And of course, Auntie's got a um, not historically accurate whatsoever role, but serves a good purpose in the plot of this occasionally historically accurate and show.
1: But what I wanted to comment on, I really loved the fabric on the dress. Um uh and I even liked and they do it with some of her other costumes which we'll talk about more, they really go fantasy with her. And that's fine with me. It suits the character. The one thing that annoyed me though is they had some sort of beaded trim along the bottom edge of the bodice and there was gaposis. The bottom edge of the bodice was not flush with where the skirt gather started you could see waistband underneath and that drives me crazy you could base the two together you could hook and bar them together there are solutions to this so having that trim on there i just spent the whole time thinking great
0: fabric gaposis yep i mean there were some great fabrics overall and i mean whoever's fabric shopping for this show just went to town um some of them are wildly non-historical but they're cool they're really pretty i think another big costume to
1: talk about is um lady svenska and the the stripy dress that matches the tent i have to admit i didn't get it because i was so focused on the dress that i didn't tune into the tent and it wasn't until the scene after where they were discussing it and then i ran it back and I got that the Dress Mash attempt, but I spent the whole
0: time being like, what just, what? So this, much like the wigs in the previous episodes, this was another case of clever joke, hold it a beat to a beat longer because it's a great visual joke. And the and it's, it's the directing and the cinematography that's failing that. Because I... I, I got it a lot. I I got it, but I was like, wait, wait, what is that? What? I'm pausing. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's hilarious. You really needed to to hold it a little bit longer and frame it. It's great. Again, when I was doing screen caps, I'm like, yes, this is hilarious. This is great. But you, 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 it goes by a little too fast.
2: And I had to, pause and rewind and, and twice actually to catch the gag because <laughs> i was watching what svenska was wearing i wasn't watching anything else around her and it, when you see it in the um there's a scene before the scene where svenska is wearing the dress where uh peter comes in and tells catherine that the uh you know the ladies dresses or the, the ladies tea where the dresses are ready is ready right oh no peter maybe not maybe it was her it's her servant her her servant yeah anyway um some skinny white dude i don't know they all look the same uh (laughs) i yeah anyway so somebody comes in and says hey the you said when to let everyone know when the dresses or when the dresses were ready at the ladies tea and so Catherine goes in and um you see all these dresses being traded amongst all the ladies. Cause this is setting up a whole thing between Catherine and all the ladies of the court. And she's going to get even with Svenska particularly, but all of Svenska Svenska is kind of the, which also doesn't really make sense in the sense that Svenska is not the mistress of the emperor. It's uh, Georgie whose name, last name, I can't remember. Whatever. Anyway. Um, She should be really be the most powerful person in the court because she's the emperor's mistress. But it's this other chick, Svenska, Lady Svenska, who is actually the most you know, powerful person in court, and is a raging bitch and has disrespected Catherine's uh, favorite servant, and all these things. So, Catherine's gonna get even with Svenska, and she does it because she, uh, by making this thing where she gives new dresses to all of ladies' court or all of ladies in the court, and Svenska picks the one dress that's like stripy the best dress of all of them, and then the next scene you see it in, she's in. Uh, a military tent and is meeting with you know the emperor and all of the ladies in the court and a bunch of other important people and she walks in and you on the outside of the tent you don't see it but once she's on the inside of the tent you see that like the the draperies hanging on the inside of the tent of the same material as the dress that Svenska wearing and so you know um point one to to Catherine and it's just laying down this whole like rivalry that's happening so uh in in the next this episode in the next episode but yeah i i literally was like i had to pause the damn thing twice and rewind (laughs) to see what the fucking sight gag was and why everybody was super angry about it (laughs) but yes her dress is the same as the interior drapes in this tent
1: to jump ahead now um the, the scene, the party where the, the court ladies, or Lady Svenska's party, where all the court ladies are being excessively, like physically beating oh. up the Empress. The um, tea dance. The tea dance, excuse me. Um, I actually loved that. That was like the least historically accurate um, in terms of, you know, the, the candy colored wigs and the fabrics of all the dresses. But I thought it perfectly made the point, I mean, again, in the context of that this show is not trying to be historically accurate because everything is so sweet and so candy puff. And of course, that's where they get their daggers out. So I really enjoyed that scene, despite its complete lack of historical accuracy in terms of like fabrics and hair colors and all that.
0: Yeah, that's a good point where the the, the crazy non-historical uh, Designs and everything are purposely used. They they really make the point. Like, oh look, we're all so precious and sweet, and we're they're all raging bitches. It's it's like it's it's like they're voguing with with violence. Um, uh, because, I like
2: I like the voguing with
0: violence. That's okay. really good. I mean, actually, uh, voguing can't should can be violent. Um, it can be yeah yeah. And and I they don't... they go to the town on her, and the and the things that they're wearing. It's like you know cabbage roses, and and they like powder powder pink wigs and and lavender and stuff. And there actually are like traces of powder lines on their uh, foreheads and stuff. So, uh, and then the styling of the wigs are are, like, ridiculously, they reminded me, weirdly, it reminded me of the uh, hairstyles in um, that uh, beauty school dropout in in Greece with some of the crazy uh, stylings in there. Like combine that with, uh, you know, hollywood eyes 18th century um it was it's very 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 stylized
1: well and um, artificial i would say and yeah. the point being that all these ladies are being artificially sweet but underneath they're not they're pretty darn mean i wanted her to punch them back
2: <laughs> oh my god that was that was the thing that we kept uh as as my boyfriend and i were watching this we were like why doesn't she just fucking slap the shit out of those assholes or at like, least have them arrested
1: and thrown in a the dungeon she's the goddamn
2: empress for fuck's sake and yeah i get the fact that you know her her position is really precarious at this point uh her and the emperor are trying to establish some sort of detente some sort of under, understanding she hasn't conceived yet so she's not invulnerable uh but come on she's uh, the fucking empress
0: no, she's not. It doesn't matter until she's gotten a, a a male heir.
2: But they respect a show of authority, which is literally st- as as is proved in the well next episode. She has
0: to learn that. So. Yeah. Well, she doesn't, and she and this is how she learns it. Right. She's uh, talking
1: about how you know everyone always likes me, and you know she's learning that some of her previous tactics maybe don't work so well.
0: Yeah, I mean the previous previous episodes show how she comes into this insanely naive, and even um, in the start and the start of the episode third, third episode, she's still you know she's plotting her coup to to oust Peter, but she's doing it by thinking of how great Russia will be, not like how we can kill him, or or take or you know win the military over to her side. She's thinking how great it will be to have schools and art and la 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 la. She's very she's. They're they're showing her as being very very naive,
2: and I think that that was where I was like, I get I get where she's like, oh, it's all about Russia and what we're so somebody somebody in the uh, comments last or the week before when we did our post um, was like, I hate the show because uh, Peter the Great is such an asshole or not Peter the Great sorry, yes. her husband the Emperor Peter Peter the Great his father but you know, Peter the not so great he is such a fucking tool. Um, I can't watch this show because he is so awful and his court is so awful. And I'm like, that's kind of the point. You're rooting for Catherine. You're rooting for Catherine to literally stab this guy slowly and painfully as possible because he is such a shithead. <laughs> and I get, I get that. I, I get where that's going. But I can also see how somebody could approach this and be like, oh, I'm turned off because it's really not like fun to watch. This guy's awful.
1: I can't stand that and I know they'll they'll develop it, but that her plans still are. Everyone will have art and music. Does she know how big Russia
0: is? Does she have like any concept? I don't think she knows. I don't think she has any concept. <laughs> uh but but to continue with Peter being a tool because he is. Um uh, and this episode or one of these episodes, I don't know, blown together. Um really emphasized that. Like he he had a huge problem with his, his generals he like he couldn't take any of their ideas he had he presented his ideas for a battle plan which is just like fucking moronic um and and he and he also had a lot of insecurity about giving this big speech about his father and this um you know the statue dedicated to his father and how he basically didn't measure up and like he knew it and he was really insecure about that and he kind of had this little talk with his aunt about that and, and, and he tried, he, there were little useful little hints of his insecurity. Um, he also ended up, you know, he gave a speech and then and he was about to cry, but then he ended up stabbing people and whatever. But I, I also want to use that as a segue to talk about the, the, the blue velvet suit, which looked fucking hot on Nicholas Holt. He is, he is a fine little man. And I only like men, you know, that much, but, he is one fine fellow, uh, and that blue—the blue velvet was so beautiful. It was just so gorgeous. I, it just—it—it it vibrated on screen. It was so gorgeous. That said, it's not a very histor- 18th century cut. It's very kind of more of a 19th century cut. I can I I found though I can't find a reliable source for an image um, that reference that I think they're referencing um, to for that suit. Um, which doesn't look like it at all, except that it, it's blue and it has some of the same trims and stuff. But that was actually, I think, Peter the Great. So it's actually earlier. Um, and but it's it's it was just looked so magnificent on him. And I was just really blown away by how it was it was just beautiful. Just a beautiful piece of of menswear. And there's another outfit on him that you, you just kind of it, it kind of glides by as you're watching. But as I was doing the screen caps, and there are going to be a ton of screen caps of this, it's almost the fucking animal print. It's more of kind of an eye cat kind of. It's it's bur, it, burgundy or, or orangey and black. It's a frock coat. It's much more of an actual 18th century cut. And then the 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 cravat is is like almost like a giraffe animal print. But it's kind of more geometric i mean again whoever is the fabrics source the fabrics for this show did an amazing job not strictly historical but beautiful and and the colors and the combination just are stunning and uh, you know and also that does reference you know in the 18th century there was a little trend for men uh menswear and animal prints and all that so it was just it was great so there were some really actually interesting men's uh costumes in, the, in these two episodes
2: I think that too. It just underscores kind of what an animal is. Absolutely, yeah. It's a it's a really good visual cue, and I think that that's what the show really does well. It's, it visually cues really well. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it does. And and the the blue suit too. Again, I, I, I because I think they're referencing Peter the Great. So he's referencing his father as he's wearing this this suit, even though you know again the cuts not really of the right era. Um, so they're but they're hearkening back to these they're they're trying to like he's talking about his father and he wants to be as great as his father but again that that episode was titled you sir are no peter the great and he's not <laughs> i want to segue in talking
1: about another boy which is leo vronsky clearly <laughs> vronsky which is a reference to anna karenina but but that, because that's her lover's last name but whatever um i think he's such a cutie I love his little curls. I want to twirl his curls. Actually, this is coming from the five foot eleven woman. I actually like that he's like an inch shorter. And the whole time, I'm like, he reminds me of someone. He reminds me of someone. He was um, Lucrezia Borgia's sweet, cute little husband in The Borgias, uh, to uh, opposite Holiday Granger and uh, exact same role. And so clearly, this is his his area of expertise. Um, and then. I am just totally developing a, a crush on what, who they are calling Count Orlo. Uh, I still think it should be Orlov, but whatever. Anyway, I just think he's so cute and nerdy. And I love how he gets all stressed and tense and reads books. And I love him.
2: Well, you know, in real life, you don't have to worry because they actually become lovers in real life. So I don't know if like the show is going to follow that track, but I'm hoping that's where it leads. I'd love um, to see that develop. That would be adorable. Yeah.
0: Um, nerds in love yes and to mention their costumes uh leo has a very green theme going and um and orlov i'm gonna call him that uh got a new suit yeah silver
1: (laughs) sort of like a hammered silk which was really pretty i didn't love uh, leo's first waistcoat just because it looked like one of those machine embroidered taffetas which to my eye screams machine embroidered i know it doesn't to most eyes but i did like his his next one which was kind of green and gold um like tiny little like interwoven like not checks not that specific but anyway i liked that um i also like that Catherine's finally getting some and is happy about it and that's good Girl needs to explore her sexuality. Uh, there was a there was a spate. Okay, so random segue. But in that same period where she's warming up to um, to Leo, uh, she goes through a period with, with a lot of ringlets in the back of her hair. And that kind of annoyed me. At first, it was like she was a little casual. But then she actually went to something, some sort of event, and still had the ringlets. But then luckily, they got the, her hair back up. And so I was happy.
0: I thought it was because she just got fucked. Possibly. That's
2: exactly. That's exactly what it was, is her hair is completely up. She's prison and prim and everything. And then she finally gets rogered properly. And like the back part of her hair goes down. <laughs> she's like, I'm a woman now. <laughs> she's like, Business wow. in, the world, party in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That- she has the 18th century just got fucked mullet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's it. But I still want to, I still want to just commend the hairstyling crew on this with when it comes to. Uh, Catherine, that tete is so good! It's so good!
1: Preach! Testify! I spend the entire show staring at those little perfect curls. Oh, I love it. It is beautiful.
0: And because somebody in the comments asked, uh, and they sounded snarky about it, but, uh, so 18th century women wanted to have their heads look like sheep? Yes! Yes! I don't know the full, like,
1: I mean, I think it's because those structured curls look like how sheep's curls will often go into almost rows. I mean, I don't know that there's anything deeper than that. I think it's a pastoral Francois Boucher kind of thing. Um, Other than that, I don't know that there's a deeper meaning. I think they just started liking these curls and said, hey, it looks like a sheep.
2: Yes. Can I I just add, when have our commenters never been snarky (laughs) and like what the fuck
0: (laughs) also let's point out that the names of things never fucking make sense come on people my favorite still is the hedgehog
1: hairstyle which everyone misappropriately names to the big bushy curly style but actually that was not called the hedgehog it was this literal spiky hairstyle where the hair is standing straight up in and goes into spikes at the top like a hedgehog. You know, sometimes we want to be crazy with our hair. Look at the mullet. Look at, you know, um the the claw bangs that I had in the 80s, you know?
2: Oh, well, and- I mean, the mullet, the mullet isn't a mullet like a fucking fish or something like in, a, in 200 years from now, they're going to look at this hairstyle and be like, "Why did they name a um, hairstyle after a fish?" Well, and, and you were just talking about spiky hairstyle, you know, in my punk
0: days, you know, you'd make uh, big spikes and it, and it was called a, you know, Statue of Liberty spikes. We didn't want to look like the Statue of Liberty. It's just that that's what it resembled. Right. So come on. People. It's yeah. a shorthand.
2: Yeah. I'm not sure where the mullet etymology actually comes from. Someone no, should look that. into that. Yeah. Okay. Well, somebody who actually gives a fuck about like 18 or uh, 19, 1980s shit should uh, educate us because I'm not going to do it.
0: Okay, so um, what other costumes or plot points do I discuss?
1: I've got two costumes. One is quick, which is that Catherine got another of her peasanty men's wear blouses. This one was white with little dots. But actually, my favorite outfit after the tea dance uh, outfit was Auntie's final men's coat. Mm-hmm. I and I want one of those for Carnival. No, I want one. We're all going to make them.
2: Wait, 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 wait. Kendra, you're actually going to wear men's clothes? I want to do
1: men's 18th century because they have that skirted look. Yeah, but you said you'd never
2: do men's clothes because your hips are like, what? Exactly.
1: And so this style accommodates them. And I love it. It was so cute. It was, it was almost, you know, it was almost like a dress, but it was, it was just a very full frock coat, but it had this high collar, lots of ruffles, and then like a million blingy sequins and all that. And again, not historically accurate. So fucking cute.
2: I mean, it was historically accurate for, I think, earlier seven or earlier 18th century. It's like a very like, you know, that, that full skirted frock coat, late 17th early 18th century look which looks super flattering on women it really flatters the female figure also you know looks pretty good on on men's clothes but i think that that's what i looked at and i was like oh it looks very you know stage costume from the olden times a generation before
0: yeah and that's when she was giving a dramatic reading in a salon in her apartment um and when she also gives advice to katherine about how to you know deal with those bitches
2: uh um, fuck those bitches, those bitches. like right, i am right. team Catherine all the way and i'm like those bitches need to fucking like realize who's the empress so a
0: couple other that speaking of those bitches and actually other bitches um there were a couple other costumes that i found i i, I saw glimpses of them when i was watching but i really noticed when i was taking the screen caps Ger- Georgina, Georgina. Wakefield had some major bow action going on holy oh. shit like you know 80s butt bows except not on her butt but all over the place elsewhere like it, it, it was just crazy giant I mean, stuffed taffeta I remember the red one that was
1: yeah, sort of over her stuff- shoulder
0: so she started with a smaller one that was maybe you just kind of slide by, I'm like, oh, okay, a little one at the waist. Um, sure. Okay. On a, on a red dress earlier in one of the episodes. And then there was the red one on the red dress. It's, it's a red satin dress, gorgeous dress, like cool, cool as fuck. Not really 18th century, but whatever. It's cool. It's a cool dress with this giant fucking. Stuffed bow up over her back, uh, like like where like at the back of her neck. So oh, so framing her face beautifully. It was it was it, it's high fashion. It was very cool, very not period, but very cool. Like again, the 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 tweaks that they're doing on the show are very visually interesting. Um, they are they're fun um and they and uh, it, but it's <laughs> sometimes kind of crazy that one was a crazy one. Oh, and and i think there it was, there was one scene with them when she's uh because she wore the red the giant bow dress and in, in two scenes and one of them she's walking down this corridor so you get a really good view of the uh, framed uh with her face and the bow and the whole works it's sounds spectacular. I do like how they're playing
1: against type with her, both in that she's actually the friendliest of the court ladies to Catherine, and also the, the really, the true affection between her and her husband, and how obviously they're both you know besties with the emperor uh, because that's what they need to do but they'd actually just rather be off in their country house you know being schmoopy and in love so uh that's not what i would expect from her character and uh, so i enjoy that
2: yeah things yeah, that,
0: that thing that's, got showcased this episode or these episodes
2: one of the things that i kept thinking when i was watching this was like have you never like read anything about the french court you always make friends with the king's mistress like, this is how you get your power play. <laughs> and I think I think the show, although the show has proven me wrong in multiple points in the plot, but I think the show is kind of driving towards Catherine realizing that she needs to be friends with Georgie, who is the king's mistress. And But the whole time I'm like, just honestly, she's sympathetic towards you. You should literally just be her best friend. And uh, yeah, and also just conceive plausibly the emperor's child and uh you will be untouchable there's
1: no dna testing in this era (laughs) no um i did also love the the priest on shrooms that was freaking hilarious and then you know him having a vision and it'd be catherine coming in and oh that was just too funny
0: trying to think was there any other did catherine have any other new costumes this episode i i feel like she didn't yeah i don't think she did she wore her peasant outfit a lot she wore a lot of repeats those are all the things i wanted to talk about well um in summation (laughs) these were um some you know kind of moving the plot along episodes um we definitely are getting more into the the court weeds court politics weeds and uh, that's three and four. So um, we'll see where five and six gets us going. Um, any last thoughts on these two? Are we good? Okay, we're good. So uh, we'll be back then with another podcast in two weeks. <laughs> that's all we've got. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we'll be back. Uh, follow us on frockflix.com and on Facebook and Um, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Again, if you have any comments, uh, let us know what you're thinking. Okay, and because we have been remiss in giving our Patreon supporters who subscribe at a certain level their just rewards, and that is a shout-out. So, for our Patreon subscribers, here is your podcast shout-out. Thank you to... Brenda Rigby, Jennifer Bristow, sorry. And we apologize in advance for any mispronunciations. That's purely our fault. Uh, Johanna Mead, Marcy Downs, Eileen Fell, Anne Marie, Barbara Charette, Bethany Bachi, Kara Gunderson, Carolyn Richardson, Katherine Reynolds, Chandra.
2: Cynthia McMillan, Cynthia Secchi, Debbie Farthing, Alessa Wild, Elizabeth Ferguson, Emily Binion, Emma Bull, Erica Layton, Heather Pritchett, Jessica Grist, Julie Levitt, Kitty Dominguez, Chris Burstall, Christine Tonks, Laura,
1: Lauren Dearborn, Marcella Brandau, Martha Kearsley, Mary Dotson, Molly Cecil, Robin Borsos, Samantha Canariato, Sarah Renee, Susan Snare, Susanna Shannon, Travlin Langerdorf, that is an excellent name, Wendy Clark,
0: Alexander Sanderson, Heather Christine Ripley, Lady Slippers, Luann McLean, Susanna Lang, Anna Berman, Diane Kapowitz, Allison Rice, Marcy Morimoto, Tanya Clowden, Elaine Raleigh, Jillian, Melanie Lawrence, and Candice Rossi.
2: Who's my aunt? Yay! <laughs> That's my family. <laughs> Candy, I love Aunt Candy. She's the best.
0: And thank you all, not just Aunt Candy, for supporting all of uh, for supporting us. How however long you have, because it really helps us, and we really appreciate it. So thanks so much. And thanks to the rest of you people who are listening. We like you too. So we're signing off for now. We'll catch you later in two weeks. Bye! Bye.